You may have read recently about the new idea of introducing audible road signs, by means of which a receiver in your car picks up spoken warnings of road hazards ahead. We've invited a road safety spokesman to give us some examples. Good evening. Well, it's quite simple, really. When you hear this... There is a major road ahead, a major road ahead. <laughs> that means there is a major road <laughs> ahead. If you hear this... Warning, road up. That means warning, steep hill. <laughs> This is, I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Half an hour of humorous hotchpotch, written by a number of hotches and featuring several potches. Many of us have been wondering why England hasn't got its own astronaut. I've been wondering that. Well, there's another one. In fact, it's because we've had a lot of trouble getting volunteers. But at last there is an Englishman out in space even if he did have to be persuaded to go in a rather unusual manner. Hello again from Reach for the Sky, the show where your answer to a simple question starts you on your journey to the stars. And this week's lucky contestant is the owner of ticket number, Janet? Number 153478. Help him up, help him up, Janet, and climbing up onto the stage is a remarkably ordinary, almost gormless-looking little man. In fact, he looks a real simpleton, don't you, sir? Yes, now, let's give him a big hand, shall we, for being a real simpleton. <laughs> Thank you, I'm having such a wonderful time. And your name? Jack Fudge, Michael. Jack Fudge. I don't win a thing. Oh, well, Jack Fudge. Now, wait a minute. Let's time. give him a great wait big hand for being called Jack Fudge, oh, shall no. we? <laughs> Now, Janice is going to put you into the soundproof booth and not a minute too soon. Here you are. In you go. I'll strap you in whilst you put on the earphones. Like this? No, on your ears. That's it. And just put this mask on. The air gets very foul in there, if it's a long question. Now, we'll close the door. Right, Jack. Here is your question with ten seconds to go. Ten. Nine. Jack, do you know the meaning of the word fear? F-E-A-R, fear. No. And that's the answer we wanted to hear. You've won a trip to the sun. And you can start right now. Three, two, one, zero. So there he goes, off towards Mars. We lose contact with him by our studio mic, so now we're going to try to call him up. Janet, have you got to threaten me a bit? Thank you. <laughs> Hello, Jack. Are you there, Jack? Oh, no, 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 don't shout, don't shout. All right, we'll ring off. We've only got three minutes. Now, I want you to enjoy this trip. Don't we want him to enjoy this trip, everybody? Yes! Now, Jack, Jack, don't be ungrateful. Now, in exactly one second from now, everyone in Europe is going to turn their lights on as a tribute to you. Can you see them? No. Oh, well, they must have forgotten. Anyway, <laughs> now, you're going to Venus. Or Mars. Or, or is it Mercury? Anyway, it's pretty certain you'll have to pass the moon. Now, automatic spaceships have already been quite near there, and we had hoped to give you a selection of photographs of the moon's surface. But they're not back from the chemist yet. Slowly, now, what's the matter? I'm hungry. Ah, yes. Well, there's a packet of sandwiches under the seat. 
You found them? That's just a pile of old bones. Oh, dear. I thought we told the cook we were sending a man this time. We sent a man last time. Ah, that explains the bones. What? <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, Jack. Sorry. Um, now, wouldn't you like to give a message to the world? Yes. Good. You'll find it under the seat. Oh. Have you got it? Yes. What does it say? Goodbye, world. Very good indeed. Very good. Isn't he marvellous? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all until next week when once again we'll be putting our luck, 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 lucky contestant into space. And don't forget, next week, the jackpot stands at 34 million light years. Goodbye. <laughs> And now we come to the high spot of our program. Thank you, Spot. Oh, good morning, sir. Can I help you? Ah, yes. Do you have Matt's knees? I hardly think my knees are any concern of yours. No, no, I mean to sell. Oh, no, we don't do those. All right, then, just make it a half pint of bat's blood and a packet of frozen toenails. Sir, we're only grocers. We don't do medical stuff. Try the chemist down there. I've tried the chemist, and they sent me in here. Look, don't you even do pasteurized hemlock? No. (laughs) Excuse me asking, sir, but you're not the usual run of customer we're getting here. I mean, what do you want all those kinky things for? I'll tell you. I am an Ipissimus. Well, you really mustn't try to be brave about it. You go straight down to doctors and get a certificate. You fail to to grasp the terrifying significance of the word I pity much. It means that I am a servant of the Lord of Darkness, Prince Lucifer himself. Oh, well, there's no shame in being in service. I am not in service. (laughs) I am a black. Magician. Oh, is it true that you're lost indulging strange rites in the dead of night? Yes, our coven convenes every Tuesday at the ominous hour of half past eight. <laughs> That's not the dead of night. I know, but the park closes at nine and that keeper's got a down on me and a ladder. <laughs> Anyhow, that doesn't stop us getting up to some horrible tricks. What? Unspeakable practices. Fairly unspeakable, yes. <laughs> For instance, we dance about sometimes. Oh, well, that's really unspeakable. <laughs> it is if you're all wearing plastic masks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why the park keeper's got a down on us. <laughs> we did a scene right on him. We pinched his hat. Is that all? <laughs> By no means. I chanted some ritualistic incantation. And then we were supposed to chuck a sheep's heart into his hat. The trouble was, we were a bit short that week, so we had to do with half a pound of skinless sausages. What happened? Nothing, really. We just made his hat smell of skinless sausages. <laughs> oh, you're a dead lot, you are. I reckon my little brother Billy could do better than you at this chemistry set. All right. You've asked for it now. Oh, dear. What are you going to do? Tell you about my mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law? <laughs> yes, my mother-in-law. She's so fat that I put a spell on her. <laughs> At exactly five o'clock today, she is going to be turned into a Frisian cow. Well, what happens if it doesn't work? Oh, the spell rebounds on the adept who cast it, in this case, for me. So what's the time now? Five o'clock, exactly. Oh, how long does it take to work, then? Well, about... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at you. Well, I always said black magic was a load of old bull.
Now, here is a piece of bad news for all four-foot dwarfs living in the Alps. Five-foot snowdrifts. <laughs> but meanwhile, in Leicester Square, a much-loved personality of the London streets is exposing himself. I'm sorry, I'll read that again. <clears throat> is exposing himself to friendly criticism. It is, of course, the old busker. Following my successful debut here last week, I know I'll get your rapt attention. And you get a ruddy banjo when you're in a million. I do apologize to all you good people. Now come along with me, you old busker. And tell me how our little grey-haired teenage idol is getting on. Now that I've got a record. Oh, you've got a record, have you? Oh, yes, I'm heard. Oh, it's been out to 20 or 30 minutes. I've just come from the session, you know. Where did you, uh, where did you cut your disc, hmm? Paddington Station. <laughs> really? Yes, they've got a little booth on platform nine. You know it by the green curtains. The booth, that is, not the platform, you know. And it says, record your voice for two and sixpence. Now, I suppose we have to hear this song of yours, hmm? Yes, well, I was hoping you'd get to that. Some guys like to die up a gale some wrong. And others lie awake and cry the whole night long. Some fellas lose their baby while they throw a fit. But me, I just sit down and knit. I'm going to knit, knit, knit all day. I'm going to knit my blues away. Well, I'm feeling low. I just knit a row. Cause a fella needs his knitting just to ease his soul. Well, old King Cole was a merry old soul. Whenever he was feeling down. He called for his needles and he called for his wool And he knitted himself a crown Wow, baby, ring a ring a roses A pocket full of poses Knit one, pearl one We're gonna knit right now Everybody's gonna knit Use the door next time. Yes, Father. Shut up! Don't be frightened. You're not afraid of your father, are you? No. No, of course not. No. So get down off those bookshelves and come here. Yes. Yeah. Now, stand on one leg, yeah. put your thumb in your ear, and rub your tummy with your left hand. Well done. I never could do that. Oh, thank you. Now, it isn't easy for me to speak like this. No? I've got a mouthful of coffee. Oh. But last night, when I went to bed, I distinctly remember putting a banana in my waistcoat pocket. It wasn't there this morning. Oh. The potatoes and the cauliflower hadn't been touched. <laughs> and the onions were still wrapped in my underpants. Oh. <laughs> but the banana had gone. Uh, yes, well... Mm. No, I'm not accusing anybody, you little thief. <laughs> but I want my banana back. Uh, well, I'm sure... It was very precious to me. Yes, you can't understand that now, but one day you'll realize you just don't pinch other people's bananas. Oh, sorry, sorry, Father. Now, did you take it? Yep. If you tell me the truth, I should be very angry. <laughs> now, you've got ten seconds. And then I shall very probably take my belt to you. Oh. And you know what happened the last time I did that? Yes. My trousers fell down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you wouldn't want to be embarrassed like that again, would you? No. No. And don't point your nose at me, young man. Oh, sorry, Father. And take your tongue out of your mouth when you speak to your father. Very sorry, Father. Very well. 
You can crawl out now. Oh, thank you, Father. There. If that banana's not back in my pocket within half an hour, I shall burst into tears. Oh. So you better go out and buy another one. Yes. And don't try to leave the house. I've got it surrounded. No problem. And if you must have a banana, go and steal your grandmother's. Yes, certainly. How's Arnold, Dan? Oh, mustn't grumble. Lovely evening, though. Ah, lovely. You know, that's one thing I like about it here at the old Rose and Parsnip. You can sit outside on the terrace. On the patio. On the terrace. On the the terrace on a lovely evening like this. Ah, lovely. Here. What? Here, look at the sun. What about the sun? Look at the sun. Why should I do that? I should get dazzled, shouldn't I? Why should I get dazzled? I mean, if somebody comes up to me and says, get dazzled, I want another reason why, don't I? <laughs> yeah, but look at the sun. It's all of a uh, big. Is it? Yeah, look at it. So it is. It's peculiarly big. Funny that. Funny that? Yeah, funny, funny that. Funny. Well, not funny. No, exactly. not funny. No, no, not funny. No, no. <laughs> more, more peculiar. Exactly. Peculiar, that. It's getting bigger. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely getting bigger. You know, you're right, Arnold. In fact, it's grown to twice its size in the last five minutes. Here, you know what I reckon? No. Do you know what I reckon? No. I reckon it's getting nearer. Is that right? Yep. I reckon the old earth is falling. Falling, mark you, into the sun. Uh, or else the sun is falling in the earth. No, that's not it, Arnold. <clears throat> oh. I mean, the sun's bigger, isn't it? Like, you can fall into a duck pond, but a duck pond can't fall into you now, can it? <laughs> How's your Avadnik's bad leg, then? What, my youngest? Ah, your Avadnik. Oh, still gives her a drip. Going to the doctor Tuesday. Of course, I expect the seas will boil. What? I said the seas will boil. I expect if we fall in the sun. <laughs> oh, the seas will boil, all right. No doubt about that. No. Hey, do, you, do you suppose the mountains will crumble? Oh, I expect so. Unless, of course, they melt first. Okay, that'd be worth seeing. That oh, would yeah. be worth seeing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a sight to remember, that would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mind you, we probably won't be able to see it for all the steam. From, from from the boiling seas, that is. I haven't thought of that. How long do you suppose they'll take the bowl dry, the seas? How long do you think? How long do you think they take? How, how long do you think? <laughs> well, oh, well, that depends. <laughs> how, how long do you think the seas? <laughs> well, that depends, doesn't it? Ah. That depends, of course, but I suppose it would take a bit of time. Ah. I mean, there's a lot of water in the seas, you know. It would take some time, I reckon. Unless the globe split from pole to pole and some of it drained away, eh? Oh, oh, oh that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's very that's true. Very, that very, is. very true. That is. Yeah. Mm. It's quite a sunset, isn't it? I mean, oh. look at the size of it now, the sun. It's a lot bigger, isn't it? Oh, it's a lot bigger. Looks as if it fills the whole of, all of the sky over there in the east. Yeah. In the east? <laughs> yeah, over there in the east. But the sun sets in the west, doesn't it? So it does, Pratt. Oh, well, there must be something else then. Drink up, I'll buy you another. Oh, thanks very much. And now... Over to Candlestick Maker Street, where Catamole Sharp, the world-famous detective, and his faithful assistant, Dr. Gasket, are about to be plunged into the singular case of the Workington Shillelagh. <laughs> Sharp, I'm astounded. How on earth 
did you know that the missing papers were to be found in the armadillo house of the London Zoo, when the whole of Scotland Yard was baffled, and the cabinet minister himself was convinced that Count Alphonse was innocent of the murder of that poor, unfortunate woman, whose family wishes to keep her name a secret, and that the tiara had, in fact, never been stolen, but merely concealed in the Count's escritoire, thereby implicating the cabinet minister's son, who has been proved, thank heaven, innocent of the crime, and can now marry Miss Parks fleetingly with a clear conscience. You know my methods, Gasket. <laughs> But unless I am mistaken, we have a visitor. <laughs> Come in. Good afternoon, sir. I see that you are a fellow of the Royal Society, recently returned from serving in the Mercantile Marine Corps of New Zealand, with a keen interest in outdoor sports and at present employed as a waiter at the Waterloo Station Buffet. Well, not exactly, Mr. Sharp. <clears throat> <laughs> um, capital. I was just testing you. But you've just made one of your silly mistakes. Shut up, Gackett. But you've just... Shut up, or I'll pull your moustache. I'll tweak your nose. You try. Mr. Sharp. Oh, Mr. Sharp. Ah, oh, yes, my dear Mrs. Um... Turley. Agnes Turley of Worthington Manor, East Dulwich. Ah, oh, my dear Mrs. Turley. Let me kiss your hand. I say, Sharp, that was a bit close to the knuckle. <laughs> it's about my husband, Mr. Sharp. He's locked himself in the conservatory for the last week and refuses to come out. That must be dashed inconvenient. Oh, shut up, Gaskin. Oh, Mr. Sharp, I'm worried about him. I'm afraid that someone, that someone may be trying to take his life. Great powers. Great Powers. <laughs> For sake, Gasket, where did you pick that one up? Mr. Sharp, please help my husband. I'm afraid we may not have much time. You must return at once to your hotel and lock your door and answer it to no one except myself. You fancy yourself there, then, do you? <laughs> Look, Gasket, there are plenty of rotten doctors where you came from. Lump shut. Oh, thank you, Mr. Sharp. I knew I could depend on you. I uh, think nothing of it, dear lady. Gasket and myself shall travel down to Workington Manor by the earliest train, and by nightfall your husband will be restored to you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Now, hurry along. Well, Gasket, a challenge. Mm. Unless I am very much mistaken, we are up against the most dangerous man in London. You don't mean... Yes. Unless I am very much mistaken, we are up against the most dangerous man in London. <laughs> now, be a good fellow and pass me my tobacco. You'll find it in that slipper on the mantelpiece. Here you are. But sharp. Do you think that Turley is really in danger? Oh, I have no doubt of it. But come, we must be off. Pass me my socks. You will find them in that tobacco jar under the bed. <laughs> Thank you, my dear fellow. Now, call me a handsome cab. You're a handsome... Watch it. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we are, Gasket. Workington Manor. Ring the bell, there's a good chap. I don't know why I bother with you, Gasket. <laughs> oh, why, you must be the two gentlemen from London. We've been expecting you come inside. I'm Amy, the faithful old housekeeper, and I've served the Turley family for 40 years. I was the one who found old grandfather Turley drowned in the rain barrel. And I was on the roof with Mr. Alec Turley when he fell to his mortal death a few years back. And it was me that was guiding young Master Theodore through working to Marsh when he disappeared from sight with nary a sound that was never seen again. And now, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen, I'll be off to cook the mushroom soup for dinner. Extraordinary, Gasket. How did she know I like mushroom soup? Good afternoon, gentlemen. I am Colonel Clutch Feathering Bois, an old family friend. Will you join me in a glass of pot? Certainly, if you have a glass big enough. <laughs> that is so old. That is so old. Sharp, I'll pull your moustache. I'll pick your nose. You read my nose out of this, will you? Oh, Mr. Sharp, Mr. Sharp, oh, it's horrible, 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 Mr. Sharp, it's horrible. Don't you insult my friend's nose. <laughs> oh, Mr. Sharp, 
Mr. Sharp, it's Mr. Charlie. He's, he's... You mean, he's here? Yes, he's... Great Scott, where is he? He's, 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 he's... Yes, we know. He's, he's, <laughs> Where is he? In the dining room on the carpet, lying face downwards with a monstrous shillelagh beside him. Oh, Mr. Sharp, I'm afraid he's, he's, he's... Silly old faggot. <laughs> Colonel, take Amy to her room. Now, Gasket, I must think. Hand me my violin. Nobody plays the violin like you, Sharp. <laughs> Gasket, I have it. The Colonel. That's it in a nutshell. The Colonel. The Colonel? Well, what else do you expect to find in a nutshell? <laughs> That is so unfunny. That is so gasket funny. I told you all along it was a nutcase. But sharp. But sharp, this means that the colonel must be none other than the most dangerous man in London. Gasket, you may be right. In which case, Amy, the housekeeper, must be... Correct, Mr. Sharp. Don't move. This pistol is pointing directly to your stomach and it's loaded. Nonsense. I haven't eaten since breakfast. <laughs> Don't you try any your funny stuff with me, Mr. Sharp. Funny stuff? <laughs> Amy, where is the colonel? He's... 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 I might have known. Yes, Mr. Charlie. I killed him. And I killed Mr. Turley and all the Turleys before him. And now I inherit the Turley estate at 250,000 pounds, eight shillings and four and me. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. Open it in the name of the law. Gasket, it's our old friend, Inspector DuPont of Scotland Yard. Come in, Inspector. No, 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 What's going on up here, Mason? <laughs> up to your old tricks again? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You have arrived in the nick of time, Inspector. Arrest this man. Arrest Dr. Gesky? No, why? He's such a boring old man. <laughs> You'll never get away with this shot. Oh, shut up. Treat your nose. Now come along, Dr. Gaskett. We'll have him behind bars in no time, Mr. Sharp. Capital. Now, Amy, you can put away that pistol. Oh, thank you, Mr. Sharp. Now I can sail to South America with my inheritance. Of course you can. Now hand me my violin, my dear. <laughs> Has anyone told you what beautiful eyes you have? Oh, I'll tweet your nose. <laughs> Pull your moustache. In that recording of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again, which was written by John Esmond and Bob Larby, Graham Gardens, Bill Oddie, Peter Vincent and David McKellar, the parts were played as follows. Tamberlin the Great, Timbrook Taylor. The Seven Dwarves, Graham Garden. <laughs> Delilah, David Hatch. Samson, Joe Kendall, and Ina Sharples, Bill Oddie. <laughs> the songs were written by Bill Oddie, and the rest of the music was provided by Dave Lee. And the whole thing was produced by Bumphrey Hartley. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll read that again. <coughs> Bumphrey Barfrog. I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Times after this week, we'll be back in about seven days or so. I'm Gore Johnson, and you've been listening to The Funnies, brought to you by Carling O'Keefe.